welcome back. This is Stefan, and that's Hi, Heidi. Heidi over there, and you're listening to another episode of the Ice Cream Parlor. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is the podcast where we watch scary movies and we talk about them. It's been a while. We've yes, been on has. break for a little bit, <laughs> not on purpose, but because I don't know if you noticed there's some shit going on in the world right now. Yeah, it's going shits. down. It's going down. It is. It, and it's about fucking time. Well, yeah, it's about time for a lot of things, for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, the COVID, not so much, but the other stuff well, that's going I mean, on as far as the civil unrest. Historically, there was a pandemic due. Mm, yeah. Right. But um, that said, everything's opening up as if nothing is is going to kill us. So How do you we're feel staying about that? inside. <laughs> <laughs> we're staying inside. We're doing what we can to stay you know, wear masks when we go outside and do stuff like that. But, um, I'm, you know, I was a member of at Equinox and they're like, we're open. And I'm like, well, keep your membership, bitch, because I'm not going, I'm not going two reasons, one political, but also, um, I, I don't feel like I want to go to the gym. Like yeah. I have stuff here. I can work out. I just got to, you know, sure. put down the chips and the Doritos and, you know, yeah, start working out again. So there's, so I'm not feeling so comfortable about that. I do want to be able to venture out and and do hikes and maybe go camping and stuff like that, where I'm not going to have to interact with a lot of people anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, that might be the new normal, anyways. Is just doing. But it's going to suck because there's going to be so many more people at the places I normally go to. Yeah, but I mean, those type of, you're still going to be far away. You might have like more people on the hike, but you're not going to be walking single file in a line going to. How do you know? Well, you know, the, Everest because... does that, right? They have like people like all in a line. But that's because they have to survive. Like if they're not tied up together, they're right. going to they like get to lost or something. COVID, so they're all going <laughs> to. Yeah, but in a hike situation, nobody's going to want to go if it's single file. If you showed up, you're like, damn, there's that many people here. You're going to turn around and go somewhere else. I guess so. Especially yeah. in California. So I guess right. Yeah. What about you? How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good just to be in a place where I'm at right now, which is, you know, safe and healthy. Um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of things going on. So let's talk about know. this. Yeah. What? All right. In 1992, Los Angeles had some riots. Yeah. I was only 10 years old and it left a huge impression on me, which is why my fridge is always stocked. My pantry is always stocked. And we have earthquake preparedness kits anyway because we're in L.A., but I mean, California. But like, it really I didn't realize how much of an impression it left on me. Right. So, so now what, that there have been there's been the civil unrest uh, and, you know, a, a second wave or third wave even of civil rights movements, um, you know, it, with Stonewall riots and uh, for LGBTQ and also, um, you know, Black Lives Matter happening. Yeah. But um there's been a lot of protesting and I support everything that people want to be, um, to, I support all the messaging that people are trying to get across. It's over fucking due. Yeah, absolutely. That absolutely. said, your store and your music school got looted. Right. Yeah. Actually, uh, I was going to get to that, but I, w- I was going to ask you something about the riots that you're talking about in 92 first, because um, that was such a long time ago. You said you were 10. What do you actually remember from the I riots? remember the National Guard. Mm-hmm. I remember sleeping in our hallway in the house that I grew up in because it was the only um, space in the house that didn't have windows in case somebody tried to break in or I don't know what. Um, I remember having to choose between either staying at home and possibly being burned in the house in case the house caught fire or going to work with my parents 
and waiting in the car until they were done with mm-hmm. their work day. Would you, was this like, say, during a summer? What, what, I, oh, April was uh-huh. when it, it was, was right? So, yeah, it's right near school. It still would have been yeah, in. Yeah, but we wouldn't have gone. Right. Um, but then um, on top of that, I, you know, I grew up in South Central and it was. Yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in South Central and the riots were mostly within South Central. So there were a lot of buildings in our neighborhood in our community that were on fire so Mm -hmm. i do remember it looking like it was snowing at times because of the ash falling Mm -hmm. from nearby fires which is why i remember having to water down our house every morning and then again in the afternoon just in case there were any embers coming over Mm -hmm. onto the property like can you imagine at 10 having to worry about is my house going to be there when i get home yeah so that's what i remember Um, i remember 32nd Street Market was the market that you could go shopping at because they had um, National Guards there. You know, there were it was like a week of rioting. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, and <laughs> Reginald Denny, you know, the the truck driver the guy was pulled, pulled out from of the his, truck, yeah, yeah, and hit with the brick, and that actually happened down the street and around the corner from where I grew up. Like, you know, we used to pass mm-hmm. it every day, right? And um, we were, I remember being the only family, well. I think there was one other family, but in on our on our block, we were one of the only families that were not black. So we were also terrified because we were relatively new to the neighborhood too. Right. So um, it, it was it 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 did, you know. Now that things are happening now, and definitely after the first day of rioting here in Los Angeles, it left me very scared. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Because, anyways, this is my first experience with something like really like heavy duty rioting kind of thing or whatever um and so yeah my store the place that i work at the santa monica music center was one of the places that got looted um we it was on like a sunday so we were closed anyways but um you know i understand that there's definitely a reason for people to you know make some noise right now and and have their voice heard and and whatever it's it's there's a lot to it that i can say that i agree with um anyways you know unfortunately what our store was one of the places that did get hit but like i said everybody is safe and we'll pick up the pieces and move on we're in a strong community yeah so it'll it'll um it'll get back in your case it was really scary right because the um well for the owner you know she she's one of my friends uh, she had guns pulled on her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, From the the story that I've heard and, you know, every, uh, they were there trying to, you know, um, basically check up on the store and, and got there right before it got looted or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to get things, you know, moved around and put away. But at that same point in time, people, I guess, were starting to break in mm-hmm. and it was like rounds of people. So the first couple people were, just not really getting a lot, but then at least did some damage or broken and then scattered. And then the next wave or a group of people came by, um, which were more sophisticated and had more um, organization. Yeah. Organization, Mm -hmm. more cars and they were working together and they were just, they brushed through the three main windows and just snatched and grabbed whatever they could and all that. So, um, you know, we were watching it on TV happening to other stores when it was happening. Um, I remember, I remember Lana texting me and, um, yeah, and I was thinking the same thing too. Like, oh snap, the store's not too far from there. You know, whatever. Right. Um, so, um, at least again, they're safe. 
And um, that we, we also forgot to mention, that's technically where the ice cream parlor yeah, studio that's was. That's what I was going to say. Our, our studios were upstairs <laughs> um, before we so, moved out. Yeah, before we moved but out, that's where un- we were. I do understand. Yeah. <laughs> I do understand. I do understand rioters' point of views. And, you know, they, you know, we as people have tried to convey this message just in society of things are not right. Things are wrong. Yeah. Um, these things need to happen. Why is nobody paying attention? Sure. And we've tried to do it peacefully. Yeah. And in um, that part of it, I, I actually don't have a problem with it and I agree with. The thing is the people that hit our store yeah, that's what and I was many of say. the other places mm-hmm. were um, nothing to do. Looters. Right. They were just professional looters just taking yeah. advantage of the situation. They have nothing to do with the movement and nothing to do with the cause. They have nothing. They're just there to come up and get something that they can get right. because they know that the cops are busy elsewhere and that they're not going to be able to stop everybody. So, right. you know, that that's the thing is that there's two parts to this whole story and there's one part of it that i understand why people would be enraged and want to you know make a statement you know that i can agree with my music has a lot to do with uh, those type of feelings you know right um, and that's what i wanted to mention like you have a lot of music that really is on topic for today's circumstances so i am actually going to include links to his music yeah um, which but, is being mixed in their final stages now and hopefully going to be released um, right soon. It, well that was the plan so anyway so yeah what's happening right it now. is which is eerie and scary but um you know i can't say that i didn't see things going this way that's why i wrote these kind of songs but people before me also saw this right. generations before I that different this, musicians so i, I saw know. this meme that was like why is tom morello what is it why is tom morello being so political now and, yeah. and people are like what do you think he was uh-huh. raging against the washing machine and i was like shit shit doesn't change shit does not change and hopefully now this is all a catalyst to be able to get well that's the big thing is that we've always been screaming for change and a lot of times people don't hear or little things happen and it's not been enough so yeah don't let the negativity um, distract us from the work that actually needs to be done it's going to be a lot of fucking work yeah but I think that, um, you know, change, I've always believed that change is going to happen. That's why I write the music I write. That's why I believe in the things I believe in. So, right. you know, maybe we'll see it in my lifetime, which would be great. Yeah. No, it would be great, for, especially in my children's lifetime. Like, it was, it felt so good as a parent to sit my children down, specifically my son. He's a bit younger and he has certain needs. And so... Um, sitting him down and trying to explain to him what was happening and, and try to say it in a way that wasn't scaring him. Uh, you know, just really explaining basic, very broad strokes, right? Yeah. And he got so upset and 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 he got this like passion of like activism and he was like, What did Martin Luther King fight for? And he was just he was he was just so upset. And I was like, Oh my God, this is yeah. perfect. This is what I want. I want children who are, you know, full of passion, full of integrity and, and have a very solid moral yeah. compass. Like I, that's what you strive for as a parent. Sure. So in seeing that, it like brought tears to my eyes because I'm like, my job's done. Can I yeah. get a puppy now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it felt really good. Um, but, and, um, in fact, you know, it, it, it just, solidifies that I may not be a typical kind of parent. I, I do things a little bit differently, as you can imagine, but um, it, it made me feel like I wasn't exactly letting them down because sometimes I do feel like, you know, they don't have a dad. They don't, 
have a huge house to grow up in. They don't like real, like real talk. Like they don't even have like bikes and stuff. Um, so a lot of the times I do feel like I fail them in those aspects, but being able to see, uh, their response to what's happening now mm-hmm. in such a positive light makes me feel a little bit better. That's good. That's good. All right. Enough with the yeah, pussy stuff. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about some horror and some gore and some. So actually, I just, <laughs> I just turned off the Boulay Brothers Dracula. <laughs> and it's a series for those of you who don't know. It's um, <sighs> drag queens, but it's the reason I started watching it is because it's a Dracula, right? And that's like, well, it's the monsters, but also it's Rob Zombie. And so I was like, what the right. hell is this? And it's really just like a drag competition. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Like, uh, well, I beg to differ. I'm not really watching it, but unfortunately, <laughs> while I'm setting up over here, I have to <laughs> all these things in the uh, background. Uh, I should. No, bitch. Yeah. I meant to say things people are saying. I don't mean to call, you know, I'm, just to clarify, I'm not saying that they're things. I'm saying that the things they say. <laughs> but um, it, it's actually really cool. It's um, it's a drag competition, but it's like based in on horror, drag, I say to each his own. And so film. But it, it's just so cool. And and so I'm like watching it and, and I, I just can't get enough. I've already watched the entire yeah. series, but I'm watching it. It's a little it over again. the top. But. Well, that's what drag is. It's over the top. It's yeah. like a lot it's, of arm wrestling. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, what is it? It's put your hat on backwards and just. <laughs> I'm going to win now because I wrap my hand around. Stupid Stallone. That was a good movie. I think I actually have it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it over there a couple times. Um, oh, shoot. What was I saying? Oh, drag is a beautiful form of expression in that you can be your true and genuine, genuine self in the most exaggerated way possible. You know what I mean? If that's who you are, I've never felt like that. And I feel like I'm my own self in my own skin this way. So that's okay too. Yeah. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying it's fun. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, like I said, to each his own in that aspect. So, you know, by the way, today's podcast is brought to you by by on my end, margaritas. Who the Um, fuck is that bitch? (laughs) (laughs) What do you got over there? Um, I have, a mug. Ca- oh, that's your <laughs> new little, uh, show them what the mug looks like. I don't know how. Just hold it up to the camera. See if we can focus. Ugh, it's got, um. End of the world monsters. And I love these. These are from Calamity Wear. But they're so cute because they look like, you know, um, traditional China patterns. Like I used to have a set of dishes like this that my mother gave me. Yeah, I think I um, did too. Yeah, and then they're just very traditional. But if you actually look at them, like this one has an alien, a pterodactyl, it has Sasquatch, has an alien invasion. And then it just, it's like a way to camouflage your quirkiness and seemingly traditional. Anyway, inside I have. That, yeah, let's get to that I part. have some cab. All right. What, what's that? Car- Cartesian? Um, Cartesian. Cartesian. Cabernet Sauvignon. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I day drink in mugs so that kids think it's This coffee. actually is one of our first ever daytime podcasts, if you really want to know the truth. We usually record We're, in the middle of the night because right. the murder kids are loud as shit. Yeah. But now since it's quarantine, well, they're up until like 2 a.m. They might be outside. And they're outside now. but You they, might see them running around in the background <laughs> occasionally. but they, they, they like sleep until noon now. So we're like, let's get it out early. Let's get it out early. And then it was like. The dogs needed a bath. 
enough. And then I was like, no, I'm eating. And then I'm like, no, one more episode of the Boulay Brothers Dragula. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so either way, you hear the murder kids uh, outside. Yeah. If you hear that, I mean, whatever. We're not, we, we've told whatever. them many times. If also you hear noises, there's noises. <laughs> but I just think it's um, cool that we're recording in the daytime. I feel yeah, so much you more will alive. Fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll asleep. I just, it's late. I, we work hard. And I don't know, sometimes we're running out of time and shit. That's all. But it feels good. Can I tell you something else that has something else that has helped me pass the time here in quarantine and not working and not being super insane because I feel like anxiety from not working right now? What? That's what I reckon. That's what I reckon is, I guess, is he Australian? An Australian. Australian. Um, from, like maybe. YouTuber? Maybe from New Zealand. I don't he's know. He's not One a Kiwi, two. I don't think. No. But I he's a YouTuber who has started doing like cooking episodes. And like I made the lamb dish and it was so it was, it was, fucking it was good. good. It was all right. Yeah, it was good. It was but, all right. Well, it was okay, but it's good. The guy's like making a pro- I feel like I'm just trying to be negative and I'm not. But like you like- watch a, two or three of them, it's okay. But as soon as you start watching all of them, it's all about this champion, 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 boom, boom. It's the same shit Arrgh, over and over again. I'm done I with it. it. I'm done with it. I, I give the guy props. You're doing a good job, bro. But I can't watch any more of that shit. Whatever. Anyway, I made the, the only reason I made a leg of lamb is because I asked Instacart for a couple of lamb chops and they sent me a leg of fucking lamb. I had to figure out what to do with it. Anyway. So good. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. The other day they gave you like 10 bags of bread rolls. Like, also, not I, 10 I rolls of bread. How 10 many? bolillos. Y'all Latinos will know what bolillos are. They're just little roll kind of dinner, like dinner like, rolls. French they're like rolls. dinner rolls, but bigger. And I get them because I slice them up and I put some queso fresco and then some crema sabrodreña because I'm salvi. And, and that's how I eat it. So I'm like, 10. That'll get us through two weeks. So, of course, they bought me 10 bags each with six of them in it. I had to start giving them away to people because the hell am I going to do with all that bread? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's crazy. So Instacart's weird. Yeah. I mean, this is fun, though. It like, keeps it fresh while we're in quarantine. And, you know, we're, actually, things have opened up a lot. We're just, you know, we're hanging out here at the house, right? Yeah, I mean, you're going to work now. Yeah, I, I'm back at the store uh, picking up the pieces. Um, there's a lot of work that still needs to get done and there's still people that want to you know uh buy and rent stuff from us so yeah, yeah we're, um, we're busy yeah i've started doing uh, more healing work i, I do healing work yeah. uh so i started doing a little bit more healing work now that i have the time and it just feels so good cool i'm actually considering a career change i well that might be nice you know for you because you've been kind of bouncing around and you know maybe you need to just take instead of trying to find i don't know we'll, we'll say it no, I mean, like, you, you can be your own boss. That's all. You're already a boss for every other company, and then they, you know, but why not be your own boss? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, well, that's what I was thinking. Because I can do some uh, web development and stuff. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. We have a new logo. Well, yeah. Um, sure. If you want to tell them about it. I we're, We've got a new logo. I'm just finding out, too since yesterday but we have a new logo thank you to roger mars who's actually one of my friends like i grew up with him um my 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 dad well his name is not roger mars but oh (laughs) (laughs) but he um he and i grew up together in fact my my dad used to like hate him because he thought i was gonna i was like dating him but he was just like my bestest friend and um he he created a logo for us 
check him out. He's actually the guy that does the Cretan Hop Nights here in LA. He does um, Cretan Hop and Green green Slime. What's Cretan Hop? It's, they're like these. That's like, that's when he DJs. Hip Hop, but like with what? With monsters. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's, they're just uh, nights dedicated to a certain genre of music. So, okay. for example, seventies rock and roll, as an example, mm-hmm. and he'll have them like at the shortstop in um, in Silver Lake. Yeah, it's just really cool. It's a lot of fun. That's actually where I celebrate my last birthday. Was at a Green Slime event. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, cool. so check him out. I'll put his links in the Sweet. description. But thank you so much. That was so cool. So let's uh, start to talk about this movie for this episode. Oh, that's right. Okay, so this is a podcast where we talk about movies. Mm-hmm. Yep, we <laughs> talk about movies. And this movie, you kind of sprung on me. Like most of the movies we watch, I don't really know a whole lot about them ahead of time. But um, it's a Dario Argento film. Argento. Dario Argento. Ravioli. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> um which I know, you know, you, you've always, you introduced me. Obviously, I'm not the, the expert here at all, but neither are you. But, you know, you know a hell of a lot more than I do. And you introduced me to Dario Argento's work. One, because you've got, you know, like magnets on your fridge and other <laughs> things like that of his movies. And I'm kind of a about, horror fan. Yeah, you've talked about, uh, you know, how I should watch his films and whatever. So, um, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about this one. So, it's Which, a... Ten, how do you say it again? Tenebrae. 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 Is that... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Tenebrae or Tenebrae? Tenebrae. 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 I don't know. Tenebrae. One of those. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> so, I saw, I thought when I was watching it that it was like, it said the word, you know, Tenebrae or whatever and on the thing, but it... On the top, it said like unrest or something like that. Well, then that would be fitting for this time. But um, I, I don't know what it means. It, it could have been a glitch in like the TV. Yeah, when settings. Netflix says you might like these comedies yeah, and they have Texas like, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought it said unrest, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. But you said it meant something like darkness or something like that. Yeah, something about darkness. I don't know. It also has some religious significance, but I'm not religious, so I don't mm. really know. Sorry. <laughs> Something about Charlie Murphy. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. All right. Tenebrae. Directed and written by Dario Argento. It is a movie from the year of my birth, 1982. You didn't know that. <laughs> oh, I did know that. I just didn't know that women like telling what their age is. I'm fucking 37 years old. <laughs> my hips hurt. <laughs> I got gray hairs. <laughs> 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 All right. So the synopsis is it's an American writer in Rome um, and he's being stalked by a serial killer who's become obsessed with his work. And they got to find out who did it. Mm -hmm. Like like most um, giallo. Yeah, this is one of those giallo films, which is is just Italian suspense, mystery, horror kind of movies. It's all the same thing with the gloves and and whatever. Those are mostly Argento trademarks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, kind of Scooby Doo like, where you have to figure out who the who done it, who done it. Um, yeah. But I really like, I I love Argento movies just because they're so beautifully done cinematically. Um, I, I I'm not a what is it a film major, so I can't give you all of the details information about the camera works. But there's very distinct 
it's a very distinct um, kind of directing and filming that that Argento does. That okay. you you watch it and you know, like Inferno, right? You knew that was his, right? Suspiria, when you finally saw it, you knew that was his. Sure. So um, it it is masterfully done. I fucking okay. dig the crap out of it. Now this um this movie came out in 1982 after he did the Suspiria movie and he did inferno and now that was supposed to be a trilogy kind of movies like three that was supposed to be three different movies more based in the supernatural versus um the the this one was the like Giallo, based in right. and like so real be, life yeah basically. well so because um inferno <laughs> was not well received he's like yeah i'll just go back to the jello where i'm like the best at because he was the best at mm-hmm. he was so tired of people doing his genre in such a shit way so he's like i'll just go do it Sure. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So we watched the version. Well, we don't. I don't know if there's another version of it, but we watched the dubbed English dubbed version. English dubbed. Yeah. And which, there were no subtitles, so it was very interesting. I can't hear that well. <laughs> so yeah, was, I thought the sound was a little bit funky too. I was having to turn it up in some parts and turn it down mm-hmm. in others, and um, I tried to get subtitles on, and no luck. And because it was dubbed, you couldn't do any lip reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I felt like I could tell when the American guys were speaking English because everything was right there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I was like leaning in, like, "What did he just <laughs> say?" <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know how you want to go through this one. If you want to start talking about like. This is how it starts and goes through or whatever. I have a lot of questions because to me, I didn't know if I figured it all out. And I still have questions because of the dubbing and all that. I'm still not sure if I really even understand what was happening. Uh, We'll try to get you through this. I'm just going to give little bits and pieces, though. (laughs) So this movie, um, Argento, Dario Argento was inspired by this movie um, by certain events. One, uh, he had a real life stalker. Mm hmm. Um, he had somebody who, after, after Suspiria was released, uh, he had somebody who would telephone him regularly and say, your movies are great. And they started off, um, your movie is great. We loved it. It started off very mild mannered and, you know, wonderful, but then it turned dark and the guy would call and say, your movie ruined my life. I'm going to ruin your life. You're, you know, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. So he retreated to, of all places, Santa Monica, California. Who, who did? Argento did. Really? Yeah. Oh, and that's when he finished, that's when he was writing this film. And the guy just kept coming. Like, you know, finally he had to go back to, um, he had to go back home. And home was Italy? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So the stalker followed him from Italy to Santa Monica? Well, I didn't, I didn't and then find, back again, basically? I didn't find that that's where he started from. I didn't find that that's where he started from. But I did right. find... So he could have been a crazy California stalker. I mean, doesn't that make more sense? Sort of, yeah. Like, the 70s bred a certain kind of serial killers, specifically from California, right? Right, right. Okay. So um, the other event was when he was in Los Angeles at some hotel, he heard of a shooting that happened outside, and he and Argento thought, the scariest thing is all this senseless violence, all of these shootings and, and things that happened. For no fucking reason. In, in in his ideas were, at least in my films, even if it's a stupid reason, the guy had a reason. Okay. Right? Sure. Not senseless violence. Sure. So this movie, the setup sort of is that there's a serial killer stalking the author of a book right. about a serial killer. Right? Right. Okay. <laughs> so there's Anthony Franciosa, who okay. plays Peter Neal. 
Uh-huh. And he is the actor in the movie who is the author. Uh-huh. And he is the author of the book Tenebrae. 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 Um, also, in this movie was John Saxon, who plays his agent. Who? Who was I, in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Who was in Enter the Dragon. Who was in New Nightmare. And who yes. was in Black Christmas. So that's the guy I was talking about before we started recording right now when I told you I recognized somebody right off the bat. Did you recognize him at all? I recognized him, but my mind immediately went to the movie Scarface. Because he was he in Scarface? No, he wasn't. Oh, but he, he looks he like looks the guy. Like one of the... in, okay, he uh, John Saxon mm-hmm. in this movie looks like one of the guys in the chainsaw scenes upstairs from the CVS really? in the hotel. Yes, he really? looks like the guy that's like, you had the money. Really? I had the drugs. I know has it with me right now. I don't know if he looks like... You know who I was going to say? I thought he might have reminded me of one of the FBI guys when they're in the money counting room. And then they like... Remember there's a scene where there's a clock and there's a, mm-hmm. a camera and they're counting all this money. And then they pull out the guns and like freeze. And they... You oh. Know, I thought it was I'm maybe somebody in that scene. I don't know if he really looks like the guy with the... Chains in the chainsaw scene. Maybe but it was just his demeanor and his sleaze. Maybe I recognized sleaze. him from sleaze. Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, a few did. others. I did, yeah. Immediately, I was like, "Oh, I know who he is," and because he plays the guy uh, who's the cop, basically. Well, I recently watched Black Christmas again, and that's when when I he saw that it was John Saxon. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh." That makes sense. I do remember. I do remember. Mm-hmm. But it took a while. I, I didn't immediately place him. Sure. Yeah. Well, anyways, that that was cool. I kind of recognized him. So I was like, all right, it's not just a complete foreign film. Right. Um, so he had um, a lot of uh, American actors in them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, not like Torso. Right. Well, Torso had one American woman in there. Do you remember? Uh, but it wasn't an Argento film. But no. that was the most recent one that we saw. Um, all right. <clears throat> what else do you want to say about this film before we get to it? Um, well, I don't know. That, you were just telling us who that... We just said the first two guys. Right. In it, so. so, yeah. So, those are the first two guys. So, the characters really that you pay attention to is Peter Neal, mm-hmm. who's the author. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you pay attention to um, the detective Germani, which is the male detective, and Alitari, who is the female detective. You pay attention to um, Anne, who's Peter's assistant, and you pay attention to Gianni, who's his other, his agent's assistant. Mm-hmm. That's I was paying attention to a few other people in this movie. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> you mean all the naked women? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried to watch, okay, so I tried to watch Torso the other day in the living room when the kids were awake, and I turned it on, and it's an orgy, and I'm like, yeah, I better watch this later. <laughs> all right. So the movie starts like this. Well, okay. Let me start like this. We get an introduction to Peter, to Peter, and he is he okay. He's in New doing York, yeah, he's, and he's doing publicity in Rome. All right, but he's doing some crazy book. shit, in my opinion. Before all that, he's riding his fucking bike like to the airport in a sweats, you know, like a tracksuit, being followed by his driver or something <laughs> who has the luggage and and changing and all. That. I'm like, what the fuck this guy's so like what is he? he's like uh training for rocky or something to like 
you well, know, fight. I'm sorry. Or have you met rich people? They're fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, but to go, I mean, I guess maybe in the 80, late 70s, 80s, that might have been a thing to do. Obviously, that's not really cool. That and you wouldn't be doing that now. LA, but, but ever. I'm mean, like, oh, I'm going to get on a flight and go somewhere. Let's go ahead and get my workout in first. I'll just drive, ride my bike all the way to the airport. Because at first, I was like, what the fuck? He's riding his bike. Then he gets there. And he gets out and he like puts the bike against the car. And I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Why would you leave your bike against somebody else's car? And then I realized he had a driver who was following him to the airport. <laughs> well, crazy. He, shit. he goes into the airport, shower, like cleans himself Yeah, up. then goes directly. Like, oh, I'm going to use the airport shower or what? I don't know. Like, it doesn't show him taking a shower. No, no. He had to change a the clothes. Bath. Yeah. Yeah. But, and <laughs> yeah, I know. That's when you just watch the importance. Yeah. <laughs> So he doesn't have any problem with that. He does all that, gets out, goes to his okay, flight. Here's the weird thing, though. He gets called, like, he gets a phone call at the airport, uh-huh. and he has to go take out the information booth. Yeah, that was um, strange. And then he's like, oh, well, let me take the phone call over there. Let me leave my bag in leave front of this bag. random yeah, woman. Because back in those days, leaving your bag was a cool thing to do at the airport. I thought it was an assholey thing to do <laughs> I mean, because he like seems, looks at the woman and then drops his bag there. It just doesn't seem right. In any situation where you're in a public place with lots of people, why would you leave any of your belongings anywhere, anywhere away from you? Like, it doesn't make sense. But let's let's keep going because that's was, not the part of the movie I didn't understand. He takes this call and it's from uh, okay, so on it's the, a call on the bat phone. And the bat phone. It's like a red. In the radio, in, in, in the information booth at the airport. And it's his fiance, Judy, who is upset with him. And he's like, we'll just talk when I see you. And, and how did she know that he was going to be there? At okay, that time? hold on. Okay, hold on. I'm getting there. Right. And then he goes back. But the woman that he dropped his bag in front of, looking suspicious, like suddenly is gone. And his bag is actually around the corner. We see the woman leave around the corner knock on a phone booth and take off and then the woman that comes out of the phone booth that's judy and judy is his that's his fiance fiance. his fiance like yeah so she called him to distract him so that they could um well what they end up doing is they vandalize his bag they cut up all his clothes that are in there and break his watch and all kind oh break the watch that he's taking to Anne because judy it's judy right i think so she is jealous like super fucking jealous so so i'm so confused now with the movie actually how are you confused because who's the fuck i still don't know who the killer is are you serious? Yeah, but <laughs> did you watch this movie? I did watch the before movie. or after Boardwalk Empire. No, I know I watched it before, but I'm saying like I know what's happening in the end, and I don't <laughs> understand how it gets to that point. Can I just ask you the? No, let's just just. Well, no, move no, no. Along. Okay, move ask along. me the questions. We don't have to well, dissect the movie. He's not. He's the killer, but not the killer, right? <laughs> he kills the killer and then becomes the killer. All right. So why don't we just go through the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the very end, they got to kill him because he's the one who killed somebody. But he wasn't the one who was killing all the other people, was he? He couldn't have been. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) Oh, this is why we can't watch movies apart. I have to be with you so I can answer the questions while we're watching them. Just uh, explain it to me, I guess. Okay, so... He's on a flight to Rome. 
I was into the music and the boom, what the hell is this? This isn't a horror. I mean, like it was like an action, well, porno action movie, seventies. Yeah, it was like all like upbeat, like run, chase. Yeah, no, the music was good. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Maybe not for the mood that I was trying to get. The music was good. Yeah. Well, it was okay if I shut my eyes and listened to it for its own thing, but it didn't put me in a suspenseful state of mind in the movie. I actually was very turned off by the music in this movie. I didn't think it fit very well. The thing is, this movie is supposed to take place 15 years in the future from 1982, which is why I had such a small population, which is why everybody had extra money because there was no people there. Wait, this movie was supposed to take place. In that era, in that but it genre, didn't. No, it did, but nobody explained it. Um, <laughs> it didn't look futuristic to no, me. No, it wasn't supposed to be futuristic. It used to be like some plague or some. Oh no, it was supposed to be surviving the atomic bomb, and this is the remainder of the population. That's why everybody was still. Everybody was they just looked like they were normal people from like seventy nine to eighty two. I didn't get that there was an atomic bomb and this is a survivalist community. <laughs> that was like that. I did not understand. Well, again. it explains why there are such few people in the, in Rome, in all of the national monuments. Well, that's just their way of explaining how they got permits to shut down the areas so they could film. Cause that's what they did. Probably. Anyway. All right. Yeah. I just want to figure out this killing process. Let's just get to that. Like, okay, fine. Victim yeah. one. Yeah, victim okay. one. Let's this talk about this. Is while Peter is still on his flight. On his flight, right? Victim one is at a gift sh- at, at a shop, and she is shoplifting tenebrae. Um, his book, right? His book. Yeah. And he gets she gets caught by mm-hmm. the security, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'll fuck you later if you let me go." Yeah. And he's, he's like, like "All right." <laughs> Let me get your number. She gives him some <laughs> random address and be like, I live on one, two, three, Maple Lane. <laughs> oh, I bet you that's an address. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, he's cool with it. Right. So he he's like, all right, cool. And she leaves and she gets a random ride from some random guy on a motorcycle and drops her off near her home. Uh-huh. And she's walking home and she gets attacked by this homeless guy. Yeah. And he's like sexually like, harassing her yeah. until she like gets into her property. She's like knees him and like he falls down and hits a trash can yeah. and shit and he's like ah. and she gets into her apartment and she's um and she sees that the homeless guy starts peering into her uh-huh. house uh-huh. but then suddenly somebody kills her yep like, he's inside it, the house yeah and of course the homeless guy is like witness to all of this but yeah the guy kills her and as he kills her he stuffs the pages of the book, of the in, the book in her mouth yeah. yeah like she should eat the words or like, I don't know. I was trying to figure out what's the connection between her. Because she hadn't even read the book yet. She just bought the damn thing. So she yeah. doesn't even know what the fucking book is so about. So this whole book, all of the murders are, all of the women murdered. In the movie? or In the, the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are sexually liberated. Okay, sure. Right? So they own their sexuality. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about it each one. Okay. Um. After that, Peter arrives in Rome. We we meet Anne. Right. We meet so, the detectives. So my my that's what you see. Why I'm confused, right? Because he's on an airplane flying to Rome. Yes. Did you fall asleep during this video? No, I didn't. Not <laughs> at all. There's a big reveal as to who the killer is. Well, maybe I was having a hard time because the volume was so low and it was hard to understand 
dialogue, but uh, the killer was the other skinny guy, movie. right? Just hmm? just before we get all the way through it, he's the skinny guy, right? Yes. Okay. They're all skinny. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking skinny people. Yeah, right? Italians <laughs> in the 70s with their bell-bottom pants on and shit. Mm, they're bum huggers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, so we meet Detective Germani and Altieri. We meet Anne and we meet Gianni. And um, the police have gone there to ask him questions. He obviously didn't do it because he was in an, on in an airplane. airplane. But uh, they oh, asked him. So that's the other thing, too. The murder took place in Rome. Mm-hmm. He was in New York flying to mm-hmm. Rome. Okay. Yeah, at the house where he was supposed to be staying at or something like that, right? The apartment or something. No, that was that girl's apartment. Oh. That was her own apartment. So why is it connected to him? Just because of the book? The book. His book right. pages were right. shoved That's in why he's, throat. Oh, yeah. So that's why he says you wouldn't. Went to mm-hmm. question him. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when he finds out that he got a note, like a fucking BTK letter and mm-hmm. shit. Um, and it's like cut out letters from a magazine and just really just threatening him. Right? Yeah. And that's why he does say to the cop, like, you wouldn't go... Uh, if uh, arrest the Smith and Wesson company for right. guns that killed, yeah, right. Which is- though I'm excited about our vacation where we're going to go see the Winchester House. Anyway, um, this is where we start with the like we start seeing glimpses into the mind of the killer, and he's like tormenting himself and hitting himself and just okay. tortured. This yeah, this silhouetted scene you're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, so. So okay. we know that the the killer has having some inner mm-hmm. like they show two pills or something like that maybe medication maybe yeah you know things and like that and then they go to this dream sequence this flashback right yeah this flashback this is, this... and this flashback is spliced throughout the movie but I'm just gonna do the entire flashback right so the flashback is a young woman flirting with four dudes four dudes. And I'm talking about she walks away and she like puts her tits out. Mm-hmm. And then the guys are like, oh, yep, I'm coming. Me too. Me yeah. too. Me too. You know, what's so funny is two guys. First of all, they're only they're shirtless. They're I wearing, they were women. They were wearing pants and they do that scene where she's off in the distance taking her her top off. And the one guy comes and puts his arm around the other guy like. Yeah, bro, we're going to get some. And it's sort of cool, but it's also sort of gay. And it's also sort of just like weird. And then all of a sudden she calls him on. And yeah, so the two one runs over first and she's like embracing his, his leg. leg. And then the next one comes over and she's like, does oh, they're another. all crotch then, shots. I don't even yeah, remember any Right, you don't see any right? faces, mm-hmm. just like from the waist down. And then the third one comes over and she's sort of doing a thing where she's kind of like, I've, I've got all three. And, and then, then the fourth guy comes over and she goes. No, no. The fifth guy comes over. No, I think there's only three and that's the fourth. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so then she looks at him and she <laughs> gives does him a, a thumbs bah. down. <laughs> nope. And he's like, what, bitch? And then you're going to fuck all three of them her? and not me. Yeah. <laughs> he slaps her and then they all chase him. The guys chase him and they pin him down. Yep. And the woman comes up and she's wearing these red, red heels. heels. Yep. And she like makes him. Like she like forces oral sex on him with the heel. With the, right, but before that, she gets in like this this angle. That, I don't know if you realize she was kicking him in the nuts. They yeah. were like holding his legs apart. Yeah, and the camera angle was like that way. So yeah, you just see him going bam, bam, bam in the nuts a few times, and then she takes the heel and like shoves it in his mouth mm-hmm. and makes him like 
yeah, gag on the heel. Yeah. And is that the end of the dream sequence there? For that for that specific one, yeah. But later on we find There's out something that something else to it. Yeah, right. something else to it. Okay. Um, so that's the first one. The first victim. Right. right. So we have to assume that the killer, because it's a revenge thing, is the fourth guy who got the thumbs down, right? Right. That's now, what we're assuming. Yeah. Now, we still don't know why there's a connection to this author who wrote a book, right? Right. Okay. Whoa, did you hear that? Did you it guys hear fireworks. that? I think if it wouldn't be a gunshot, it'd either be like a fucking cannon or a firework. It's definitely fireworks. We live by the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Not that close no. to the ocean. <laughs> Tank or right. something like that. So, so then we find out that, okay, so then the second and third victim. All right, let's talk about there is them. Tildy and Marion, and they're lesbian lovers. Oh, However, yes. Marion so. is bisexual, and they're at a rest- restaurant and they're having dinner together. And Marion finds this guy that she really likes, and so she Who's- takes her tit out at the restaurant. <laughs> let's and not he's leave playing out. arcade. Arcade game, which like this again is very late seventies, but like think about it, this a grown man guy. is like probably thirties or something. He's like, I'm gonna go play. The arcade machine at the rest at the bar or something wherever the fuck he's at. Hey, look behind you. Look right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I know, but that's not how I picked up chicks. I did that when I was like, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14, whatever. When it came to picking up chicks, I was not at the arcade spot. Oh, that's interesting. I pick up chicks with toys. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a very interesting scene because again, she's like letting her, times. she's letting her tit pop out. Like, well, that's like, again, sexually liberated women. Sure. I mean, can they we get a little bit sexuality. more of that today then? Jesus I Christ. I think you're surrounded by sexually liberated women. No, I women. don't see women going and popping their tits out to get a dude at the bar. That's definitely not happening. <laughs> no, that's not true. There's way too much sexual assaults for that, I think. Currently. There would probably be less sexual assaults if more women were just popping their tits out and being okay with it. Stefan Sayed, 2020. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you know, repent, pent up sexual energy causes people to have outbursts. No, you know what causes all of this stuff is um, shame associated with sure, sexuality. Right. This girl was saying, it's okay if everybody in this room sees my tit. I want that guy and I'm going to show it to him. So there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, but somebody saw something wrong with it because somebody else has the shame. And so these women get followed home, <laughs> right? And they get slaughtered. Okay, well, that's, that's what's about to happen, right? So let's, yeah. let's talk so about it. So Marion leaves with Duty McDudington. Yeah, and then Pac-Man or whatever says, he's playing. Uh, to her, and says to her girlfriend, come back, come home in an hour. Yeah. So she kisses her on the lips. And yeah. Tildy leaves and you know, you are, they're obviously lesbians. And so, um, because when Marion, when, and Marion sees that she's come home, she's like, Oh, you're not going to ask me how it was. Well, he was, uh, he was such a good fuck so much better than you. And that pisses off Tildy. Like, no shit. She takes like a giant like glass vase or something and tosses, and tosses it. it at her and shit. What a dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. But they had yo, but the house that they had, that was, was like enormous. So it, it had definitely had an Argento like camera panning everywhere, dizzying. It, it almost reminded of. me of like the original house on Haunted Hill House, kind of like that oh. from the outside. It was very um Well the house on Haunted Hill was has very like um 
like Mayan. Sure. And this one had something maybe not as Mayan, but it had some sort of like a shape and like a large exterior to it and everything. It was a large house. And it had like some sort of block design to it that kind of gave it. So Tildy gets killed downstairs. Uh And then Marion hears something and then she comes downstairs and then she gets killed. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the three murders. Again, the girl upstairs when they're arguing is just standing there with her tit out. It's just her like mo. I it's guess it's like her favorite tit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, check it out. I'm cool. It's with this it. one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other one wants to be fucked up. <laughs> she's got like more than a third nipple on it. She's got some like hair growing out of it or something. It doesn't go away. <laughs> she's like, you can look at this one all day, just not this one. <laughs> this one right here like this is a good sign yeah but then so she goes back in her room and that's when her uh, roommate or lover or whatever goes in her room starts to change unfortunately we don't get to see her tits but uh, no biggie she gets killed even better yep (laughs) then so that's the third second and third victims Um, she gets killed by what though isn't this um, an axe she gets killed by an axe Mm -hmm. yeah okay an axe the first victim didn't get killed by an axe. Though. I don't remember. Yeah, because the axe came in later. They make a point to say it's an axe. It's not the same weapon as the other one or something like that. Okay. So, anyways. All right. So, at this point, yeah, the detectives are back with Peter, and they're saying, you know, every time he gets a new letter, he has to call them. So, he's called them over because he's gotten a new letter. Right. Um, And then that's when we also meet Maria. Maria is the landlord's the, daughter. The landlord's daughter, yeah. From the Wicker Man. The Wicker Man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but she's the it, she is the landlord's she daughter. She is the landlord's daughter. Okay. Um, she meets them because she has to teach him how to turn on the water heater. Okay, okay. So I again with the volume sort of low and the way I was watching it. I thought she was related to Peter as if she was Peter's daughter or somehow connected to him. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a landlord's daughter. Okay, so she comes over with the other young guy too, right? No. So the other young guy, Gianni, that is um, Peter's agent's assistant. Okay. And so he's been given to, Gianni's been given to Peter to do whatever he needs. Right, okay. Yeah. He's like an agent in training. Gotcha. Right. So the so, landlord's daughter comes over. Right, she comes over. She does all that stuff. But, and then she like leaves with Gianni. And then, you know, she ends mm-hmm. up going on a date later. Yeah. Right. At this point, um, we have also seen that the murderer in all silhouette forms is in this huge, vast home. And uh, uh, in like a basement of the home. And that's when he sees, like we see he has like pictures of Developing everybody. pictures yeah. of stuff, yeah. All of these different things. And so um, Maria, mind you, she is, she's out, she's out on a date with some guy or whatever. I, I actually also very uh, sexually liberated as in she owns her sexuality. Wait, which one's Maria? Maria, the little girl. The, the da- teenage daughter. Yeah. Okay. So she goes out on a date. But she is owning her sexuality mm-hmm. and she tells the guy, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And she leaves. Being empowered yeah. in herself, right? So, so I thought, and she did take off on a motorcycle mm-hmm. with Gianni. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. you sure? Because I thought Gianni it was... had a car. All right. So again, I was. I guess I was confused because when the, she got dropped off and said no, I knew it wasn't him. But I was like, wait a minute, didn't they? He... No, they left the apartment together. Yeah. Uh, as in they walked out together. All right, whatever. Right. It was late when I watched it, so maybe. Right. No, yeah. that's okay. Um, so she ends up in this random neighborhood. Yeah. And she's and it's 
getting dark and so she's walking <laughs> around this neighborhood and some dog scares a her. Doberman a Doberman comes out of nowhere. Those shits like, are scary Whoa. anyway. And then she picks up a stick and starts telling it to shut up. You don't fuck with a dog. Yeah, like yeah. a dog barks that, at you. First you of all, fucking that was leave. her. Fu- yeah, especially an athletic dog like that. Because what does the fucking dog do? Jumps over they the fence and the chases fence her. And chases oh my her. god, it's like the funniest, now, like scariest dog chase. Yeah, the dog chases her and he gets her a few times. Not even once, he not twice, her. whatever. And then she even jumps times. another fence and it does this. It sees the fence, it runs back, gets a running start, and jumps over the right. motherfucker. Now, first of all, I, you have to understand that dog had to have been well, well trained. Mm-hmm. But some of the other scenes, and I don't know, I, I always feel like that when I watch older movies that they just said, fuck it, let's do it. and Because I feel like the way I play fight with my dogs and we get a little rough, like she was really doing that with this Doberman because the Doberman was fucking all up on her a few times. Yeah. And if it wasn't understanding that it was a play fight, it would have fucked her up for real. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, did she have time to bond? Was that her own dog? Like, I would hope you know? so because that dog was so fucking beautiful. <laughs> it was, well, it was, yeah, but he also felt and looked very ferocious in the scenes, yeah. which again, when, when I play with my dogs, we get rough and we'll play fight, but they're not going to bite down on me, right. but it will look ferocious to somebody that who said, didn't know bugsy has bitten my foot <laughs> but he didn't bite you you didn't bleed you know what i mean that's the difference is they know when to stop the pressure but my, that's my point is in this scene it almost looked like that dog didn't know and he was just fucking after this girl it didn't even look like she was a stunt double yeah. no zoe bell's involved in this scene and the blood might have not been real for sure but you know it was red it was yeah. like paint red that's the one thing i don't like about all these movies sometimes is they didn't the corn syrup wasn't there yet. It wasn't there yet. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, red paint everywhere. So she's running from the dog. Yeah. And she ends up in this yard of this vast of home. The va- yeah. And it's the home. murderer's home. And she's like. Who left the damn keys left in the his door. Key. Well, as he was stalking another victim. A prostitute. He was looking at prostitutes. Mm-hmm. As he was looking at prostitutes, he real like we see that he had forgotten his keys. When she's hiding from this dog, the, do- the dog attacks her, but yep. she feels up and there's a key and so she goes into this basement and that's where she sees all and she's smart too like aside from you know the dog stuff she's smart too she sees all of this stuff there's pictures of the victims there's there's documentation she gets in and she starts putting it in her pockets yeah and she's like fuck this i'm out of here here. and um she goes up into the the house dog comes into the fucking like downstairs part where she's at the dog tries to get back in it's it's like it's he terrorizing is, yeah him. he is on it that dog is not letting go and so she's like i can't go out this way because the dog's there i have to go out through the house and she goes out through the house up to the house and she sees a phone and she's calling and that's when a shadowy figure is behind her and she gets killed she, the fuck yeah, up she gets killed oh no up. she runs mm-hmm. and gets killed the fuck up in the street yeah. she's running through the field and there's um she's there's, dropping the pictures she's throwing the papers back yeah. like here i didn't see anything kind of thing and then he ultimately kills her. Yeah. Now, here's a question I have again. Like, the connection of all the killings. The, he's about to go kill a prostitute. Yeah, but she got picked up by somebody else. So he, in defeat, probably just went home. That's not what I'm saying, though. If the first girl and who died was because she was buying his book or whatever, and it's connected to Maybe Peter. Maybe she was just a loose woman that he saw. 
So that's what my that is what I'm, my question is: Is this killer motivated to just kill women because he doesn't like that one woman from the flashback, and and that somehow the author of this book just gets looped into this guy's crazy world? Well, we're almost or there. Was he intentionally trying to get after Peter? That's what I'm confused about because the prostitute doesn't seem to have anything to do with the book or Peter or anything. So Maria was a fourth victim. Yes. Yeah. So she's uh, dead. She gets found the next day dead. by the gardener who's mowing the lawn and comes across her body. Right. <laughs> um, so Peter and Gianni, that author and the and the Cop. no and Gia- assistant, oh, the, assistant, the little boy, yeah. they're like, okay, let's map this out. What's happening? This happened here. This happened here, and it's all really fucking brilliant. It's like um, breadcrumbs are spread out throughout the movie, right? Because then Neil, uh, Peter Neil, was like. Uh, he was suspicious about the TV book reviewer, Cristiano Berti. And he is one of the guys that he briefly in the movie, uh, he went and had an interview. He with had him. an interview, right. right. And he was very interested in his book. And he was um, not only that, he saw him in the press junket before, like when he after after Peter had landed and he stood out to him as a creepy guy. <laughs> so they um, so Neil, uh, Peter and, and Gianni go and, and they go uh, because Maria's body was found in his neighborhood, in, in Berti's neighborhood. So they're like, I bet you it's him. Let's just go check him out. And so they go, they hop the fence, they go and, and, and they split up. And this whole time, I thought that, um, okay, in this movie, that's when I knew who the killer was. So wait, right. But who's the killer? I'm that telling guy. you right now. So Peter goes one way and Gianni mm-hmm. goes the other way. And we, as a viewer, follow Gianni. Now, Gianni sees uh, Berti just going through documents. Yeah. And like he's outside looking. He's outside looking into in those huge like windows. A, yeah, like a glass door type yeah. thing. Yeah. And so he sees that somebody turns the light off. Mm-hmm. He sees that somebody stands and he can't see who the person is, but he can just see Berti. And he stands there and he goes, I did it. I killed the women. I did it. I killed the women. Right. Bertie or whatever. Bertie. Bertie. Somebody kills him. Right. Okay. So and that then, is my, my, that's where I wanted to make sure if I'm getting it right. That means that Bert, Bertie guy is the killer. Those four Pete women. So he's the guy who didn't get laid in the flashback. No. He's the guy that was tormented and tortured. Remember, there was a duality. There was the torment and torture, the inner, the, the, the medication, the, all that darkness. And then there was the flashback, right? Nobody said that they were together. Wait. In the, in the movie. The, the, you're the telling movie, me that Peter the silhouetted says, scenes of the tormented guy. Has to be Berthi. Going into the next scene of the flashback are not connected. Are not connected. So. Um, when, when Peter starts talking to the detective about how he writes his stories and how things come up and how he creates all of these, whatever's, he says, he quotes, um, he quotes, what book is it? I don't remember. He quote, he he quotes some, oh, he quotes a Sir Conan Boyle book. Who? Doyle Boyle. Boyle Doyle? The the guy who did uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Doyle. No. Um, huh? Anyway, anyway he writes, he says, when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. Right? 
that's actually how you know how I you, you always tell me I figured out the movies in the first couple of minutes. That's why I, I actually follow that same thing. Yeah. It's, if you ever watch a movie mo- with Heidi, you're about to get spoiler. Well, she's going to figure it out before you do. And then she's going to tell you that she figured it out. She may not spoil it for you right away, but she's going to tell you, I figured it out. And then she's going to be like, ah, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you have to eliminate all of the possible and, and, and all the. But with that being said, this movie, because. While she was watching it the first time, I was actually uh, working on some music stuff, and it took I me a while. This happened, is when I realized, yeah, y- yeah, I knew it that took you me were, half the movie. Yeah. This one, I was like, oh, this one got me. It got me. <laughs> okay, Gianni murdered those women because Berti. No, sorry, you're right. Sorry, Berti murdered those women because they represented the evil that was in Tenebrae. His books. I mean, his book. Okay. He, he didn't like the book. He's like the psycho um, stalker critic mm-hmm. who says... All of the all of the evils are represented in your book and are, are in real life. In real Here, life. Let, me, let me show you. And then I'll eliminate them for him. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, so yeah. now... Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. Now Gianni but watching murdered. Birdie, Birdie is murdered. Right, Birdie. Gianni sees him and he's like, mm-hmm. fuck this, I'm out. And right. he goes and he finds Peter lying on the floor. Somebody hit his head with a rock. He picks him up and they skedaddle. The next day, Anne has spent the night with Peter only to wake up and find him missing. Where did he go? He went to his agents. Right. Which he is- went to his agents. Um, to tell him, hey, fuck this, I'm leaving Rome. His agent tries to talk him into staying, and he's like, nothing, no amount of money is worth my life. Right. I'm going to Paris. And um, <clears throat> once Peter leaves the office, Judy, his fiance, the, comes out, out of, of the, the bathroom thing. in his right. private office. Yeah. They've been having an affair. Right. So here's that's the big twist of it all. And this whole time, Anne has been telling Peter that it must be Judy because they can't get a hold of her. They can't call, they call her at home. Mm-hmm. She's not there. And then, and, and uh, Anne keeps thinking that she sees Judy everywhere. And so this is where you see Judy is fucking there. She's there. Yep. Not only was she setting it up in the beginning scene, right? When she mm-hmm. called him in the airport, right. but she's now she's there with there, the, she's fucking his agent. Yeah. John Saxon or whatever. Yep. Nightmare on Elm street. <laughs> so, now we realize that he has like enemies around him. His agent, who's supposed to be his well, he guy doesn't in, know this. Well, he doesn't in know the story, this. He doesn't know it yet. Right. But, but I'm saying, as a viewer, we are like, holy shit, this like guy. This poor fucking yeah, yeah. He's his uh, fiance, oh, his wait, agent. They're all Jane, not Judy. Jane, right? Jane. Jane. Yeah. Right. So his agent, um, his agent, and John Saxon. And Ju- Judy, Jane. Jane, and Jane, they make lunch plans for later, and she leaves. Yeah. She gets home, and she sees there's a present left for her at the door. And it's a pair of red, red heels. shoes. Yeah. Those red heels from uh, the, that, dream the, the, the dream sequence. The dream sequence, the flashback. Right. All right. So, the red heels. The red heels. Okay, so here's where they come in. 
They're symbolizing the other woman. Right. So that woman that was in the flashback, Mm -hmm. that woman, um, she, uh, so, okay, the person, we have the POV of the murderer. He is in bushes and he sees this woman, the one from the beach, um, that, you know, is wearing the heels. He he sees her at like some gathering or party. He approaches her. She kind of like shrugs him off. And he stabs her and steals those red shoes. Right, yeah. I remember that part. Yeah. So Ju- uh, Jane now has those red shoes. And we know that somebody's going to get fucked up. Sure. Which so, also has to imply that the killer... Is still alive. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, okay. So the fifth victim, Bulmer, the agent, he... um. He is waiting at in uh, in the plaza for Jane, yeah, so they can have their lunch date. And you know he sees like there's fighting in the background. He's distracted, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but he was just kind of like very observant around. And there's like some couple, like a guy screaming at a woman, and then yeah. there was like two other dudes like scuffling. And yeah, just, just a lot like, of distractions. Yeah, and somebody comes up and stabs him. Yeah, and just stabs him. Just yeah. yeah. Somebody bumps him first. He's like, hey, whatever. And yeah. then, yeah, next thing you know. Yep. Then he gets stabbed. As there's all the commotion, when somebody yeah. realizes that and- he's on the floor dying, that's when you see Red Heels walking towards it, seeing what happened and running away. Yeah. Okay. Well, there so was that's a, five um, victims so far. The woman who was getting yelled at was the first person walking towards him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what the hell? What is this? But then it was she she didn't even sense. know. Yeah, because she didn't know that he was in a, a thing until he grabs her, like right. whatever, and she sees he's bleeding out. She's or whatever. crying because yeah. she broke with the boyfriend. Or so then we see the red heels run away. Yeah. We know that that's gotta be Jane now. And yeah. And so that's there? five victims so far. Yeah. But this is the first male victim. Right. Yeah, absolutely. This is different. Right. Absolutely, yeah. Every right. other time it's been a woman because he's... A sexually liberated woman. Sure. Who shows the ills of society. Yeah. Okay. Now, Gianni, traumatized from having seen Betty murdered in front of him, keeps getting these flashbacks. And then he's like thinking about it and he's like, he only admitted to murdering these um, two women. Two women. Right. He didn't admit to murdering... The lesbians. The lesbians. And now the lesbians, which we skipped over, they, uh, the, the Tildy, the one that um, was one of the reporters that Peter has a relationship with already, like a familiar relationship with, because she interviews him when he comes to Rome regarding his books. Right. So they have a pre-existing. In fact, Peter is familiar with her mother even. So this is where you think, shit, he only admitted to two. The woman from when the shoplifter, right? Because it couldn't have been anybody else. It was him. And then uh, Maria, who stumbled upon his, um, yeah, his upon stuff. His yeah. stuff. Well, so that's two deaths. But Okay, right. But we know. Tilly and Marion were also murdered. But I'll but, get to that. Yeah. So that's why I'm. Okay. Let's right. go. Okay. So he's like, oh, shit. So who is it? And he and he he goes to that. That's when he's at the house again, trying to trigger his memory. He realizes that it's two women. He runs back to his car. He had left his keys in the ignition, <laughs> yeah. and he goes back to try to make a quick getaway. Mm-hmm. And he gets garroted. Yeah, he he gets. Yeah, it was also um, 
reminding me of the way Michael Myers kills uh, Annie. Annie in yeah, uh-huh. the car. Except I think he gets her like through the throat with something. Doesn't he stab her? I think so, it's he not a strangulation. Yeah. But this oh, one, um, I, I think it, either way. Uh, the point of it is I thought oh, Halloween. Um, but man, the scene where Gianni died, he gave it his all. He was like yeah. veins popping out. Oh, I'm going to turn and look at the camera. <laughs> and <laughs> One he's like, last shot. <laughs> 16 minutes, not 15. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was. Uh, that was a good scene. Yeah, I, I kind of knew that was going to happen, especially right. when you leave your keys in the car like that. But, you know, whatever. Anyways. Yeah. So, so then, he's dead. So he's dead. Two men. Two men. Peter leaves Anne at his apartment to clean up while he heads to Paris. Peter's gone, right? Yeah. Anne um, is cleaning up and she gets a frantic phone call from Jane. I know I shouldn't be here, but I'm here. Help me, help me. And so um, Anne is like, okay, here I come. Right? Jane is at her house. Freak the fuck out. Freak the fuck out. She's in the kitchen waiting and she's sitting at the, at the table, wall behind her, gun ready at the door. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. And it's a very suspenseful, intense moment. You feel so anxious. And you know what? Jane actually looks like Emma Stone. Really? Yeah. Wait, who's Emma Stone? The redhead from Zombieland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does she? Yeah, she does. Okay. Um, so... She's standing there. She's sitting there at the table with the gun pointed, ready, just, you know, I'm going to protect myself. Then suddenly through the window next to her. Boom. Like fucking, yeah, comes to the window and it's the killer. Yeah. And he chops off her Her arm. Oh, right. Yeah. This is where the whole arm gets. Yeah. (laughs) This is a great scene. (laughs) It sprays all over the walls and, and she falls to the floor. And then she gets more axe. Yeah, she gets axe some more. more. And this is the scene that is said to be Tarantino's favorite on-screen death um, because of the painting the wall in blood scene. Like, really? This is the scene that's okay. one of his favorites. Cool. I and liked how they it, did it. It's a good scene. It is that red that you don't like, but it's yeah, still a good scene. But it's good, yeah. And if you look really closely, you can see that her real arm is like strapped to her, her body when she like falls over. It's like a little gimpy thing. But it was... Uh, yeah, but great. I find that better than what most people do, where they kind of like just do like the sh- long, you know, they just shove it in. Yeah, it looked more realistic yeah. than than yeah. when they do that. And because they chopped off the forearm, having this be just kind of like a little dangly thing didn't look too bad. But it was great. It was like blood on the wall. Yeah, it was this beautiful like <laughs> like it painted an arc on the wall, like of the white pristine white kitchen it was such a stark contrast it was beautiful so she's dead so she's fucking dead Dead. she (laughs) got she got killed the fuck up she did get killed the fuck up spectacularly yeah all right the eighth victim here we go ready a car pulls up we see the headlights to where to the house to jane's house oh right jane's house yeah right yeah remember she called Anne. Anne. yeah woman enters yep she goes into the house into the kitchen and gets an axe to the back. Yep. Because our killer is still in the house. He's the just like now like, oh house. shit, somebody else. And so she's down and we see her shoes and her shoes is when I realized that it wasn't somebody. Anyway, we'll get to it in a second. And the camera pans up to the killer and it is fucking Peter, Peter. Neil, the author. Right. So 
that's where I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? So I was like, all right, I get it. Peter killed the other guy. The other guy must have been the real killer, but he was only the killer for those two things is what you're telling me. So then why did Peter kill the other two girls? What was the all point? Right. What was the point of Peter killing anybody? Oh, yeah, let me... <laughs> Yeah. You're going to have more questions, so I'm just going to he was on ones. an airplane flying, so he has no idea. He gets there all of a sudden. He's like, oh, shit. But okay. so so Peter is the one who has yeah. the emotional disconnect with the women. Right. So Detective Germani comes in. He's the dude detective. And Peter's like, I didn't know it was Anne. He's crying over Anne's body because he loves Anne. Yeah. And he's, he's a little bitch Anne. now. Yeah. He's like in the corner curled up and with his Anne legs. Walks like, in, and he's like, <laughs> and walks in and he's like, oh, what did I kill? And he turns it over and it's the woman detective. I'll see or whatever. Yeah. Now he knows like, fuck. And that's when, um, detective Germani tells him she figured out, cause you remember the police scene and there was the Filipino woman that was talking to. Oh, right. right? Was a Filipino. Yeah. Well, she says he only speaks to call Tagalog or Spanish. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I thought that she was Mexican or I know that might be stereotypical, but because of the whole speaking Spanish thing, I must have missed them say Tagalog. And I was like, oh, really? They got a Mexican maid and like fucking wherever the fuck they're at. Can't catch no breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so she had like given her some information. So this is where the detective says she figured out that your fiance was having an affair with your agent. And she must have come to confront her about it and, and, and ask more questions about it. And she figured it out and she didn't wait for backup. And then that's when, you know, that that's when uh, he says, I didn't kill the other woman, the other women. I didn't kill the other women. So he tried to, uh, so he, Berti killed the shoplifter. Berti killed Maria. But Peter killed the... the the, um, the Tildy and Marion, yeah, because she kind of made him look bad at the book review thing when he's when she's like, so why is your book so sexist against women? Why are all, all right. the beautiful women constantly getting murdered and slaughtered? So he's right? a so he's mad author at her of a book about murder, and he became the murderer, mm -hmm. and he's been murdering all these people, right? So he killed the the two women, yeah, and then he killed. Um, Bertie. Uh, uh, then he killed Bertie. Then he killed, and he faked his own rock to the head, right? Sure. Then he killed Bertie. Then he killed um, his agent. Then he killed Gianni. Then he killed Jane. And then he was going to kill Anne. Right? right? Okay. So, in the confrontation, though, that's when Peter can't handle what he supposedly had done, and he gets a oh. razor. <laughs> And slices get, his throat. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, you'll never take me alive. And, and cuts Anne his is like, throat. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, Ugh, and he falls on the ground. And guess what? He's not only a great author. He's a fabulous actor. He's a great actor. actor. <laughs> Oscar award winning actor. Because um, <laughs> as, you know, when uh, when the detective and Anne go back to the car so they can call radio, uh, call um help our backup uh and the detective goes back inside the house yeah they go back in the house and guess what his body's, body's gone, gone. And but he left his murder weapon behind he left his murder weapon and he sees that it's it's a razor a and it squishes prop. out blood it's a prop yes and not only that uh peter had left his napkin his his handkerchief 
with his, with his monogram initials. on it. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's he's bent and he's standing there and he's, he bends down. It's such a cool scene. He bends down and you can see Peter right behind him. In fact, oh, the I only like way that. you can see that, I is, like is, that. is that his ear was right. bigger than it was supposed to be. But, but otherwise the, it was perfect. Right. Very, very good camera stuff. I had we ex um a friend a couple of friends of mine who I worked with. Uh, they've done a couple things DTI related and some other video stuff for me back in the days, um, flow rider stuff and some other things. But I went to high school with these guys. And when we, we did, I have it somewhere on the shelf. We did an independent five minute I short film. That. Yeah. Yeah. And it was called Prey. And there was this big guy stalking this little chick. And we specifically did a camera angle where the girl's walking towards the camera and the guy who's this giant big dude is behind her. But we had to position everything perfectly so that mm -hmm. you don't see him until she takes the turn and you see that this guy is behind her. And so it Isn't reminded there, me like, of that. a scene about in the puddle or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, that was one. a really good scene yeah, too. I like that too. There's another one too with the puddle, yeah. But anyways, that was awesome how they did that where he bends down, you see Peter, he comes back up again and it was almost perfect except for that ear. Yeah, and, <laughs> you uh, saw the ear yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was still a great scene. That's good camera work right there. Yeah, that was really good. Um, so, so Peter he down now and is he axes him. Yep. Right now, now Anne is in the car. She hears a kerfuffle. Yeah, she's and she gets back into the house. However, there's a sculpture that has since fallen over and not allowed the door. Yeah, to open. very modern for the times, and also what I feel kind like people think. Kind of yeah, maybe. people are like oh, just take some. Yeah, you put a put this, a, a block so here and a, and a spear everywhere. here. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. It falls. It kind of wedges the do into the right. door. And so she's um <laughs> she's trying to push the door open, but Peter hears that she's trying to come in, and so he readies himself ready. the axe so that as soon as she comes in. He's she finally pushes her way through the door and the thing he gets impaled by the statue. Yeah. And he gets killed the fuck up. She's lucky. He's not. End of the movie, right? Well, and screams and her scream. Oh, it keeps going on forever and ever and yeah, ever for in, a minute. Through the credits She's like, everywhere. Ah, 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 my, okay, so my favorite scene of Anne <laughs> was, like, was when, she's, already. when she's in the detective's car and then she's like, That's my favorite part of her. So then, yeah, yeah, credits roll, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So I got it, but I was confused, and we didn't, you know, we wanted to save it for the podcast. But I was basically under the impression that it's everything that happened. What am I trying to say? I got it. I just wasn't a hundred percent sure, mm -hmm. so I second guessed myself. And because I watched it at night with the volume kind of low, I wasn't sure if I missed something, but. Uh, overall, it was a good movie, you know. Again, I, I the 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 music and the uh, you know some of the parts were distracting. Yeah, I mean it. It was fun to me, but it also took me not in a very suspenseful place. Where you know, to me, this is a murder mystery. It's like, okay, who's the killer? Like Scooby Doo. So I'm not like jump scare. Ooh, I can't go to sleep at night. I'm gonna get killed, kind of thing. <laughs> But it's more like, all right, let's figure this out. Who's the murderer? And that's when it was like, it's not him. And then everyone to do a M. Night Shalomalan twist and make it Peter. Who? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
at that point in time, I was like, all right, well, so let's put all the pieces back together because I like to find the loopholes and see if their plot really made sense. And I don't know. I guess I'm so, not going to argue with it and try to figure it out. I, I think it was decent. The only thing that I found that maybe one the reason, okay, so I like these yellow films because it looks like they kind of are, tick all the marks. Like they have a really good like cons- consistency and like um, the continuity in the movie, right? Uh-huh. But the only thing would he would have had to have rushed from killing his agent to the house and had to have known that Gianni was going to be there. Like that was only right. There's so many like, had to have knowns in some ways yeah. though. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's like, but the fact that somebody did kill um, a woman with Tenabre shoved in the mouth and left a note that allowed, yeah. well, um, that, that allowed Peter who was the one who killed that woman in the red shoes it allowed him to be able to commit his acts of violence. So again, in summary, we're now saying Peter is the guy who is the silhouette. Who? No, no, that no, was Bertie. the other guy. I Bertie. think that was Bertie. But so you're saying Peter's the guy who got dumped by the chicken, the fourth member of the orgy who didn't get yeah. to fuck, and he's been mad against women his whole life that's why he's wrote these kind of murder right and actually movies. in the uh, car the detective tells Anne, i didn't think it was peter until i got the telex from the united states where at his school or whatever there was a woman who ended up murdered but they didn't have enough evidence or something sure. that's when i knew it was him so peter just has this underlining hatred for women and he wants to kill them mm-hmm. and the birthday guy was just out to fucking he was he Bertie was more like uh peeping Tom, right? Sort of right. He was but like, he oh, I just want to kill and take a picture. That one woman. But his whole thing was taking pictures of the victims because he yeah. went back to his little development. Well, so if thing you remember peeping Tom, he wanted to capture that the exact moment, moment when they were about yeah. to die. This right, maybe wasn't exactly the same, but he was similar in the fact that he would take pictures of his victims and go develop them right. for his own pleasure later right, or whatever. Gross. Um, just everywhere. Um, I don't but, know. So, but, yeah, interesting movie. Um, what do you want to say in summary? I think this movie is amazing. Uh, it definitely is something that you need to watch. It, it still stands. Um, it's from 1982. That doesn't make us old. <laughs> but it it is a beautifully done movie. And you know, even though we went through the whole thing, there's a lot of things that you, as a viewer, if you want to watch it you're still going to catch a few of the things that we either may have missed or we purposely glossed over. Um, You can go watch the movie even after listening to this and still be surprised. Yeah, sure. I think it's um, worth the watch for sure. Yeah. And I was debating on whether to enter this little bit of trivia or not, but the woman in the flashback scenes, uh, it was a transgendered woman. Whoa, really? Yeah. So she's got a penis? Well, probably not anymore. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, I thought that was very inclusive. And the Those boys are in for a surprise. <laughs> he's lucky he wasn't in the thing then. Cause he Unless he been, wanted it. I mean, He didn't like, know. Really, Those other like, boys didn't know either. When that guy put his shoulder on that guy and he's like, dude, we're maybe, becoming men today. Or maybe they, they were didn't on. realize all of a sudden she was going to become a man on them. <laughs> no, like she could have transitioned already. I oh, mean, you know, yeah. she already had breasts. Like she had her breasts out. Wait, the actual actress you're saying was yeah. transgender. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she had a little bit of a jib. A jib? Yeah, like something about her face didn't feel she beautiful. Was beautiful to me. though. No, I didn't think so. Something about her face and some sort of the structure. I thought she was a 
naked woman on screen showing me her tits. And if that's really what she was at the time, great. Well, but I also felt like she looked. Thank you for saying it that way, by the way. Center. If that's what she was at the time, then great. But yeah, no, she was a very handsome woman. <laughs> I just saying I noticed something about her face. It seemed anyway. A little off. <laughs> I didn't say it so that to make fun of her. I just thought that that was very oh, inclusive that, because they also included lesbians in the uh, right in, and in that's very and i thought um, that was great too that's very what, progressive the, progressive for the time yeah. yes who who was talking about doing lesbian movies in 82 in the uh, 80s at all i, I, I mean, don't know i don't remember <laughs> yeah but i do um like it's nice to be able to find these pieces of inclusion everywhere like we started watching house lately because you want me to not ruin episodes oh, for you oh, i don't know if i'm gonna put that out there we'll just pick the show that we can watch to together you just don't like it when i guess and i can't guess all the medical stuff but um but i have guessed quite a few of them anyway um i guess the dominatrix one (laughs) anyway uh that show was super progressive for its time as well sure yeah so i only stand by a few tv shows one of which is the sopranos but uh, television shows to me are you know, I just hate when they write with the commercial breaks in mind and yeah. cut scene. Oh, I run up and everything's solved. Fuck that bullshit. Breaking Bad. I don't know. It's not as it's not as up as up high on the pedestal as it should be. But I know that's a lot of people out there are going to disagree with me. I didn't watch Breaking Bad. I, mean, I know I own it, but that's only because I think. Wait, you own Breaking Bad? I own Breaking Bad, but it's not mine. It's, you know. He who shall not be named. And <laughs> I don't want to get into that. I didn't really enjoy that. I watched it from beginning to end. I gave it a hundred percent full shot. Watched every episode all the way to the thing, the finale. All I'm saying is that the way it was, I don't know, perceived by the masses. Maybe I'm just a little bit different than the masses, but I did not think that it was as great did, as it was. The Sopranos was great. Right. Well, Although. But but Breaking <laughs> Bad also was on FX, it's television, local uh, cable station, which means they could write with commercials in mind. And mm. that always kills it because you can resolve a situation with a simple commercial break and not have to explain the details. In Breaking Bad's case, the opening scene, they show him in his underwear pointing a gun at the camera. You think it's going to be so fucking intense. And at the end of that fucking episode, it's a fire truck that just drives by and is going to put out a fire that he created. Yet he's the only guy in that vicinity in his underwear with a gun pointed at the fucking fire truck. And nobody seems to bat an eye that this guy might be involved. They just fly right by him, put out the fire, and then he goes on his merry way. And I, I just... It's all commercial breaks that they wrote around, and I don't like that shit. Too easily uh, unexplained. Whatever. I don't want to get into why I don't like Breaking Bad. You already did. All right. Well, there it is right there. Breaking Bad is not worth the watch. (laughs) Okay? Bunch of TV shows that everybody says are not worth the watch either. I love The Office. And I don't know what other shows. I watch, like, procedurals, like crime dramas that... um, just because they're fun. But I don't really watch a lot of TV shows, I don't think. I think I, I had my heart broken with Lost and Heroes. And then after that, I was like, well, I'm done with you guys. <laughs> yeah, Lost was another one, too, where I have felt a lot of let down. I don't know if I just didn't understand a lot of things, but it just 
there was so much setup. It's like Game of Thrones too. There was so much setup for not enough fucking. Uh, I did outcome. get sucked into uh, Game of Thrones and then purposely did not watch the final season. Yeah, it's just I, I don't know. It's you, also The Walking Dead. I got up to like season three and then it started getting stupid. You have to. I understand the reason why they write suspenseful stuff so that way it intrigues the viewer to want to continue and watch more and stay tuned for the next episode. But, I just wanted to make sense throughout. Well, no, but you have to have enough of a, like, it has to finally release and be good enough. And it's not all the time. They fall short is what I'm saying. So they build up some big thing for like three, four, five, six episodes or a whole season. And then you get to the finale and it's like, it just was, you know, it lost its air. It wasn't as dramatic or as suspenseful as they planned it out to be. And you're like, oh, really? So that's how I see it. It makes for good banter when you're in a cubicle and you work in an office and you have nothing else better to do than talk about the episode last night. But yeah, my, my, <laughs> my boss and I, cause we used to travel to my old boss and I used to travel to Chicago a lot. And, um, and we used to watch, um, game of Thrones <laughs> in the, in the lounge, just waiting for our flights. I just, I, you know what? I can appreciate something that has a little less, um, like, that's just more a little bit more like straightforward to the and has some punch to it. Doesn't have to be like it's not all about everything making sense or being super realistic or whatever. It's just like, you know, sometimes a lot of these giant setups that they try to get people hooked for a whole season and then want to get them hooked for two or three more seasons, they just they fall short in the writing. You got to, I mean, the writers know. They fucking know. I know they know. They're over there like, oh, my God, I can't believe I won this fucking award because I know that I didn't write that shit that great. I know. I know. You know. And that's how it goes. But there's some great writing out there. And one of which is The Sopranos. <laughs> and one of which was this movie. I thought this movie was great. Yeah, this this movie was okay and good. I, I, I'll give it two thumbs up and I recommend anybody watching it. Great. Ooh. Ooh. So what's Ooh. next on the list? I don't know yet. I don't want to hold this to something and then I not want to do it later. Yeah, we we're trying to get back into the groove of this whole podcast thing. It's just been one thing after another. 2020 it's been, has it's been a hell of a ride. Know, yeah. For everybody, it's been a hell of a ride. And a lot of people have been able to, you know, keep their um podcasts up and running. Us, unfortunately, we're doing the best we can, but we're also handling our regular life. And we will bring you the best content we can as much as possible in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll do what we can. Yeah. Um, but we would love it if you reached out to us. Uh, you can email us at. Um, all of our information will be in the show notes <laughs> down below, wherever. Um, um, I think it's icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com yeah, um, or you can check out our site at icecreampodcast.com where you can find links and contact us and do whatever you need to do um, we would love to hear from you guys yeah. what movies are we missing did we miss the mark on this movie uh, you know this is available audio only which is how we started but we just started some YouTube videos so check those out, but let us know what we missed. Let us know what you like. Let us know if there's a better wine I should be drinking. Right. I just finished my uh, margarita, so I'm ready for another one. I think this was a good episode. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> now that it's all loosey-goosey. <laughs> yeah, I'm all loosey-goosey now, right? Let's keep talking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, right, that well, was it. I think that was a good little run, and um, stay tuned for the next one.
we will see you soon. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>